Petersfield's Shine Radio. Hello, I'm Claire Venice. And I'm Geoff Lacey. It's the time of year when pumpkins merge with Christmas. Well, they do in this week's Peapod. If you love Petersfield... I love the square. The hangers. The open-air swimming pool. Lots of fun shops. Then the Peapod loves you. It's just a nice town. Everything Petersfield is in the Peapod with Claire Venice and Geoff Lacey. Thank you for joining us in the Peapod. This week we're bringing you a smorgasbord of activity from our town. With pumpkins, art, cooking and Christmas, you wouldn't be wrong in thinking this is a rather eclectic Peapod. And that's just how we like it. The P stands for Petersfield. It's a lovely area, lovely people, lovely atmosphere. The Peapod. Hello Claire. Hello Geoff. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Not too bad, not too bad. Recording a Sunday afternoon. In the sun. In the sun. What does that mean? If we're in the sun, I'm wearing shorts. Oh, (laughs) yeah, you are. I'm wearing shorts and I'm surrounded by a cat. Surrounded by a cat? Yes, it's huge. (laughs) (laughs) That's our little kitten. (laughs) It's a cat. She's seven months old now. Um, Yeah, we're in in my back garden. Yes, because you've been busy gardening. Yeah, and painting, All right. sorting out. It's that time of year. All I don't right. know if you feel it, Joff, but I've been sorting and maybe it's getting ready for the cold and for the winter. But um, just feel like I need to sort a few things out. You no, know, it's a lovely day, lovely autumnal afternoon. Mm, there is a bit of a chill, though. Have you got your heating on yet, Joff? No. No. No heating. Don't need the heating on at the moment. <laughs> Doing a really old cold house. <laughs> We've only just... To be fair, Saturday evening was the first time we put the log burner on. It's not happening. It was lovely. <laughs> Early December. So. Uh, okay, I'll hold you to that. Is that normal? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How's your week been? Keeping busy? Yeah, I had a lovely, really lovely week. Very interesting week, actually. I was invited to go to Exbury Gardens right. near the New Forest. And um, that was a really special day. I was there with six other people. And we were taken round the garden by the head gardener. And um, it was really quite a special time, actually, and, and treated really well, um, very, very well looked after. Um, oh, nice. So that was lovely. And so my dad popped to Burford Garden Centre. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a very a lo- a busy, busy week, but a very nice week with lots of different things going on. Good. Joff, you? Um, it was my dad's birthday last week. Oh, yes. Happy birthday, Dad. Yes. So we had a... Special one. Special one. 8-0. So, uh, yes, so we had a family gathering on Friday, which was lovely. Which was lovely. Very good. Very nice, very nice. And this week, we've got a busy week again, haven't we? Yeah, we do. What are we doing this Friday? Well, this Friday, with hopefully a lot of other Petersfield folk, we're going to be at the Petersfield Awards. We are. We are. And you're Voting up for an award? Voting has closed. Yeah. I'm up for the, an award. Shine Radio is up for an award. Yeah, exciting time. How are you feeling? All right at the moment. Okay. All right. Maybe get a few of the jitters closer to no. the evening? No. <laughs> not going to have any jitters. I'd start a fight if I don't win. I'm ready for your speech. <laughs> no, not thought that far ahead. Now, you've also been rehearsing for the play Art with yes. the Lion and Unicorns. I am. Yes, Claire, I am. going to do a bit of a, a diary. This week I've interviewed Jack, Ben and Martin, director and two of the cast. Uh, there's only three cast. Um, I'm the other one, but I don't mention that in the... uh it quite weird interviewing myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> First sign of madness, isn't it? <laughs> you mean you don't practice at home, John? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
I'm looking forward to hearing that yes, diary. It'd be so... fun to do a bit of behind the scenes. Yes. Well, I actually had a lovely dinner a couple of weeks ago, actually. Must mention it because I am talking to Joe from Joe's Kitchen yep. uh, in this episode. She had a special dinner that she held at Gallery Number 30. Oh, right. So I was, uh, again, I was invited there. Oh, go get you. It was... Why am I not invited to anything and you're invited to everything? I think you're too busy, Geoff, though. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably why. <laughs> so, um, oh, amazing food, though. Joe still cooks her plant-based food and she cooked a four-course meal that was just delicious. Absolutely delicious. So I'm really pleased that Joe is continuing cooking and we can keep sampling her foodie delights. I'm looking forward to hearing that, Claire, mm. and trying more plant-based food at some stage. And we'd love to hear from you. So if you have a story you'd like us to cover or would just like to say hi, please do call or WhatsApp us on 01730 555 500 or you can email team at shineradio.uk. Coming up, we discover what tractors have to do with Christmas. But first, let's find out what's going on this year at the Rogate Pumpkin Patch. It's that time of year again when the Rogate Pumpkin Patch opens up their spooky doors Ooh. to a world of freaky delights <laughs> and scary ghouls. Anne Martin was there this past weekend to take in all the sights and sounds. So I'm with Sophie Davy from Rogate Pumpkin Patch and Slade Farm. So hi Sophie. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How's it all going? And when did you start planning all of this oh. amazing adventure? Well, we started planning in January um, because we sort of, there's so much creative detail and installations that we add to the pumpkins. Um, so the planning starts in January, but the actual build physically um, we move in uh, at the beginning of October, around that time. Because this is genuinely a field only yeah. <laughs> a month ago yeah. and you build it all from scratch. Yep, there's nothing here apart from cows during the summer and then obviously as the pumpkins grow, we, we, um, we put the seed in in June and then as they grow, we take the, the cows off and... Um, and we start the build in October and there's no electricity so we have to bring generators in and uh, we have one tap <laughs> yeah it's a big it's a big deal yeah mobile phone signals the yeah, lot. yeah no internet here so so routers yeah but so it, it, it's a big build but it's worth it um, when we have it we've opened this weekend officially we were opening on Friday but the weather unfortunately put a uh, full start on that um, and then Saturday and Sunday were just magical they were absolutely magical so many families real community feel to this um, we've got locals um, teenagers students coming and helping us uh, earning a bit of bo pocket money working on the, all the free activities we have so there's so much to do here. Yeah. So tell tell me what's included in the price because I'm looking oh. around at the moment and I can just see so much to do. Um, well, there's a lot. There's a lot to do. I sort of have to get my head around it myself. <laughs> so we've got the Enchanted Bubble Witch who creates these amazing bubble witch um, displays that adults and children, all members of the family can do. We've got Merlin's Wood, which I've talked about, which is incredible with little people. Um, we've got Drax Gallery, um, which is possibly for the older children. Wells Evil, we've got games, Pumpkin Shy, Pumpkin Skittles, um, Space Hopper, 
ghost space hopper racing. And what's that I can see over there? I can see some kind of long tubes that look really interesting. Oh. What are they? Well, they are industrial farm uh, pipes that we've just put on a slant on the hill and thought, what can we do with those? Oh, children can just whiz down them. And they spend hours whizzing down those. <laughs> hours. And the parent just stands there just watching them. And... What's so lovely is that they arrive thinking they're just going to pick a pumpkin and they spend hours here. And the children go home, rosy-cheeked, exhausted, having been outside, got a bit grubby, rolling around in the dirt, rolling, <laughs> whizzing down pipes. Looking, um, at, looking at tractors as well. Yeah. I can see all, all sorts of things happening all around us. Pretending they're... Oh, Mutiny's Bottom. That's a whole new area and where they can pretend that they're, they're pirates. They can hoist up the flag. And um, we've got a bad ship and a good ship and yeah it's all handmade by the creative team who start planning this and the ideas in January and then they work tirelessly of you know drawing on their passion of getting kids outside and and showing how you can be creative with materials and recyclable goods because everything is genuinely made here, isn't yeah, it? I mean, yeah, nothing's a... bought in. Nothing. It's not an event management where we just go, oh, that looks really nice. Let's plonk it here. That looks really cool. And it of course, it's family, handmade. isn't it? You're yeah, a family yeah, yeah. doing this mm. from scratch with a very small team, but, you know, working hard. Yeah. Mums <laughs> and a few retired DIY guys. <laughs> <laughs> and us. <laughs> working hard. And I, I mean, tractors moving hay bales everywhere for people to yeah. jump on. It's just so much. And tell me, I I can see over there mm. lots of sunflowers and they yes. just look amazing and really spooky. Well, they are a crop who, which, which sort of um, we've left and remained here and we've just carved out a spooky trail and put different installations in there. And yeah, they've created an area in itself. And the maze, the children just love running around in the maze, and picking that's the maze. maze out of, a yeah. maze out of maze. It's a maze out of maze, <laughs> which is sort of, again, dyed a bit, so it looks a bit spooky. Yeah. And they've got a couple of slides in there, and they just whiz around. And the good thing is they're not, it's not too big, so children don't get lost. Yes. <laughs> so parents, I think, really relax here. Yeah. They're not on high alert. Yeah. They are feeling that their children are safe. We've got great security. Meeting up with other friends as well, I can see. Yeah, in this week now, um, we, it's really, it's, it's pre-half term. So you've got all the preschoolers and little people who can just roam around and feel safe and and enjoy. And then you've got half term and then you I think you close, is it on the 29th of October? We close on the 29th, yes. Which is the Sunday. Yes. Well, good luck, Sophie. Aww. Well done for everything and you know, and thank the you. team and everyone's hard work. It just looks amazing. Thank you and thank you Shine Radio for having us. How has your day been today and been what's been your favourite thing at the pumpkin patch? Picking pumpkins. <laughs> Picking the pumpkins, oh, isn't it? Oh, wow. Yeah, and you picked these ones for your cousin. I think for me, I'd have to say the bubbles. It was absolutely fantastic. The guy had this big net and there was bubbles everywhere and the kids were just running, really enjoying it and the little ones were loving it. Even the adults said, do you know what? It's better than fireworks. So absolutely brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> oh, lovely, really loved thank it. You. So yeah, what's been your favourite part? Uh, I think the ride, we really enjoyed, the little one really enjoyed the ride and also these little playhouses, I think they were a lot better than last year. They were good last year, but they've got loads of little like potions and things in. So I think that bit's pretty nice. And we always like the bubble lady. Oh, That's probably one of our favourite bits. But yeah, it's really good. Uh, I think the spooky trails around the dead sunflowers, they're all cool. And uh, the kids are loving it. 
Fantastic. And the pipe slides are really great for the kids as well. Excellent. Yeah. And have you come far? Uh, from Rustingtons. Oh wow. So Brilliant. a little bit of a drive, yeah. And yeah, do you come every year? Or uh, this, this is my time? first time. Oh yeah. lovely. So, so it's been great. Going on the ride. Fun ride. Yeah. Have you got your pumpkin yet? No. Are you about to go and find it? Yeah. <laughs> They're going through the maze with the vampires and then walking through the sweet corn was quite good fun. Oh, and then obviously just watching the little ones walk around with their wheelbarrows having a good time. Where have you come from today? Uh, Portsmouth, haven't we? Yeah. Portsmouth. My favourite bit was going on the farm things. Oh wow! And have My you? My favourite bit was going getting the pumpkin. Wow! And you've chosen a very big this white is one. And two orange ones and a big white one there as well. I got my own one. Wow. And what's been your favourite part? Oh, all of it. We love it. We've come here three years in a row now, so it's a really good family place to come. Yeah, really enjoy it. My favourite part was going on, on the ride. So, hi, yeah, where have you come from today? I actually live just up the road in Midhurst. Oh, brilliant, excellent. Yeah. Is it your first time? Or? It's my first time. Yeah, I'm amazed, actually, by how much there is here. And what, what's your favourite bit? Uh, this bit. The, the pumpkins, pumpkins. Yeah. actually picking them. There's yeah. a lot of choice, one. isn't there? <laughs> you found one! Big enough, Letty. Okay, so my sister's name is Neve. She is 14 years old. Um, she does a few gigs here and there and very popular in our local area. And where are you coming from? We've come from Clanfield. Fantastic. Um, but she loves singing here. Um, in, like the atmosphere is brilliant. She always speaks about it and she loves to come back here every year. So. And what's been your favourite part, apart from your sister, obviously? Um, of the well, day I hear my sister every day singing. So <laughs> to, see, to see everyone happy really is one of my favourite things. Um, everyone's just out with their families. Everyone's smiling. It's just brilliant to see. Like everyone's just pumpkin picking, like doing things kids love really. It's just lovely to see. I love it. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> I found the pumpkin princess. Hello, I'm the pumpkin princess. Nice to meet you. <laughs> and what are you doing on the patch today? I am on the patch today and I'm going to be reading some stories, some pumpkin stories in about 10 minutes at midday. And I've been looking around and meeting all of the lovely children and families on the patch today. What, what have they all been saying to you? Um, they've been selling me some potions. They've been making me some yummy, yucky treats. <laughs> um, and they've been very, very um, smiley and happy and telling me about all the different sized pumpkins that they're going to be picking. Oh, wonderful. Well, you're looking fabulous. Thank, Thank you very much. <laughs> Bye. The P stands for Petersfield. It's like the best town ever. <laughs> the Peapod. Another seasonal event in the Petersphere is the Christmas Tractor Charity Run. The run raises funds for the Hampshire and Isle of Wight Air Ambulance. Last year, they raised over £5,000. Amazing stuff. This year, it's back again with two events taking place in Petersfield and the surrounding villages, as well as one at a local Christmas tree farm. Shine Radio's Alistair Knox Crawford spoke to organiser Mark Rowden. So, Mark, the RMW charity Tractor Run was nominated as Event of the Year at the Petersfield Awards. You must be very pleased. I was, yeah, shocked, to say the least, when I received the email from them saying the event had been uh, nominated. I had no idea whatsoever, so thank you to everyone that's, uh, that nominated this charity event. What was the charity event for? The event was to raise money for Hampshire and Isle of Wight Air Ambulance. If I remember correctly, it's about target was £2,882, which is the cost of one call out at the time. And last Christmas, we 
managed to raise £5,050 for the charity. That's stunning. It's an absolutely phenomenal amount. I can only thank the members of the public for their, you know, their kind donations. Are you surprised about the impact that your event caused? I think a lot of people, you know, you know mainly the tractor drivers going around, were totally shocked with the number of people that came out to, to, to see the event. And hopefully, you know, we can organise a, a larger event this year, you know, put on a better show and raise more money. So will you be doing another tractor run this year? We certainly will. We have got two events this year, a very similar one to last year on Saturday the 16th of December through Petersfield and surrounding villages. And then we have a second one, uh, which is the day before on the 15th of December, leaving from Wilds Farm Christmas Trees, going out round White Hill, Parsfield areas, Lippock, Milan, and then back to Wells Farm, so the public can come to the farm, get their Christmas tree, and see the tractors at the same time. And what's the ambition this time? Dare I say we try and go for, you know, 50 tractors overall and uh, maybe £7,000? We can just hope. So what sort of planning has been going into this? Fairly much the same as last year, liaison with Hampshire Highways, Hampshire Police, East Hampshire District Council getting licences to collect money, local businesses who are supporting us by making signs, uh, updating just given pages and yeah, getting the tractor drivers on board, <laughs> getting their paperwork sorted and uh, making sure uh, we've got a, a good number to, to go again. I have to say, seeing those lights going through the streets of Petersfield and look at the kids' faces... It was what you would hope for, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. You know, it just, we were very lucky with the weather. And it was just one of those lovely evenings where all the kids had literally just broken up for the Christmas holidays. And it just set the festive theme, I think. Are you looking for any help from members of the public this year? Not necessarily members of the public. I think we've got everything, you know, wrapped up our end. There's going to be certain organisations that are going to be helping us along the way. We've collected money you know stopping traffic if need be and making sure it's safe for us to pass through the villages but from the members of the public just turn up please spread the word this year there aren't too many other businesses directly involved but moving forward uh, I think there's plenty of scope to turn this into a larger event maybe com- combine it with other Christmas events that may be going on in, on in Petersfield we are attending Petersfield Christmas Festival on Saturday 9th of December be three tractors come along all decorating their lights for the kids to see uh, and to, to promote the event the week after but there's something about a tractor isn't there you know you just see the kids faces when a tractor goes past or they see a combine in the field you know it just lights up and it's um you know boys and their toys isn't it <laughs> the kids have all got tractors and they've all got everything you know these things at home and to see one in real life is just uh, you know it just draws them it's a magnet to them and have you been able to get yours sorted fully now? Knock on wood, fingers crossed. Uh, after the last event, yeah, it was a full strip down, new new diesel tank, new diesel lines, pumps, everything. We've been doing a few little runs out on Sunday with other local tractor owners. Uh, I think a few people have seen us go through peace sealed on a on a Sunday morning when the when the peace sealed market's on. Fingers crossed, it's been running okay, but I have a tow rope at the ready just in case. Mark, thank you. Thank you. Coming up, we go behind the scenes as a local production starts rehearsing. But first, here's our What's On Guide from Chris Skinner. The Peapod Events Guide. What's on in the Petersphere? 
Saturday the 21st of October as Halloween approaches, join Petersfield Museum on a ghost walk around the town as they uncover stories of things that go bump in the night. Tickets are £6 each and available from the museum. Monday the 23rd of October, make an afternoon of a trip to Langham Brewery Lodsworth by savouring the local views on a gentle five mile walk before sampling the delicious Langham brews as you watch the sun slowly sink over the downs. Tickets are £5 each and available from Langham Brewery's website www.langhambrewery.co.uk On Sunday and Monday the 22nd and 23rd of October there is a winter warmer giveaway at the free shop. Petersfield Free Shop is organising a giveaway of surplus coats, hats, gloves and scarves from 10am until 2pm and you can donate items or receive them. And there'll be a full half-term fun events guide on our website. And you can see full details of many more events like these in our online events guide it's at shineradio.uk. If you're running an event, get it in the guide at shineradio.uk. The Lion and Unicorn Theatre Group is a small amateur dramatic company presenting a range of plays, classic and modern, in a variety of venues around Petersfield. They're currently rehearsing for their production of art about three men and a painting. Our very own Joff Lacey is one of those men and he brings the first of a series of behind-the-scenes rehearsals. It's a damn Wednesday night in mid-October and I'm in a secret hideaway in Sheet where I have joined Amateur Dramatic Society Line and Unicorn at one of their rehearsals for art which they are performing in late November, early December. And joining me is director Jack May along with cast members Martin Hogg and Ben Gander. Jack, welcome to the Peapod. This is your directorial debut. How's it going? Yeah, really good, thank you. Um, sorry, I've never been on the Peapod before. Uh, no, yeah, it's going really well, thank you. So obviously, yeah, like you said, directorial debut. I've wanted to do this show for a long time, like probably about 15 years now. I've read the script 100,000 times, probably not that many. But yeah, I've really wanted to do it for a very long time. And I'm really excited that Lion and Unicorn are giving me an opportunity to, to have a go at it. So I believe that art is actually on the curriculum for GCSEs, is that right? It is, yeah, so that's actually where I first read the play, which is, I'm assuming, what you wanted me to say. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, so I actually got to do the last scene, which I won't talk too much about because, you know, massive spoiler. But yeah, I actually got to perform the last scene as part of my GCSE drama performance, and that's where I first read the play, and I've wanted to do the whole thing ever since, which obviously, yeah, we are now doing. So give us a quick synopsis about the play. Uh, So yeah, basically, um, one of the characters buys a painting. As far as pretty much anybody can tell, it is a plain white painting. And that's the entire play basically is surrounding how different people respond to this essentially blank canvas. And it sort of looks at the relationships between the three three characters. And uh, yeah, so it has. It's won best comedy like three or four times, I think. So you said there's just three characters in it? Yes, that's right. So that's quite a big task for, for the actors. Yeah, it's an insane amount to learn. The other thing that's quite important with this is that we're trying to... The, the whole play is about minimalism. So we're trying to keep it as simple in terms of like set and lighting. We're trying to sort of prove that you don't need a massive box set and loads and loads of props and scenery to make a play great. Um, and actually what's really fun about this is there are just three actors... But yes, it's an insane amount of work for, for the three guys. Don't envy you at all, actually. Um, but it's going to be like the whole point of it is that the, the sort of the actors carry the entire piece. 
and that there shouldn't be too much else to detract from that. And the script is so well written that it allows that to happen. Um, and there's a big a big bit in the middle, which uh, is a bit of a show-stopping moment, which I'm very, very... No spoilers, obviously. But uh, yeah, I think that that's really, really sort of... Yeah, that's absolutely insane amount to learn. So you're about three weeks into rehearsals, but how long have you been planning the play? Oh, so we've been talking about this since... Uh, so during the run of Canterbury Tales, so since, like, I guess... Well, probably mid-May, we started sort of discussing the idea. We had a read-through, what, three or four months ago now? Uh, and that, at that point, I didn't know whether or not it was going to go ahead. Um, we were sort of... It was an option. But I've been planning the play since I read it for the first time. Like, in my head, I've had ideas of how it would look and how it would sound and what it sort of... How it occurs... So realistically, I've been planning it for years, but in actuality, probably like three or four months. And as rehearsals progress, is your dream being realised at such an early stage? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, obviously, we've only just started really blocking the the play in the last couple of weeks. So setting it out and how it looks on the stage. I think that one of the things I'm finding as we go through the rehearsals is that actually there are bits that are funnier than I realised. And also how I sort of need to be a little bit more free with what I've because obviously I've had this vision in my head for a very long time, but actually there are bits that I think can work differently. Like, so we're more sort of workshopping it rather than sort of like a rigid sort of, like a lot of plays when I've done them in the past, it's been very sort of, this is where I want you to stand, move at this point. This is where you're going to be for this. And I think, yeah, this is way more organic. Perfect. Thank you, Benji. Appreciate it. Um, <laughs> but one of the other things that's really helped is obviously I've got Miri as a co-director so she's really helped so she's brilliant very very talented actor but yeah no she's absolutely brilliant and has really helped me to take what I've got in my head and sort of explain that to the guys in the play because I think it's it's very important that actually although it's all in my head she's really helped me to converse that to the people in the play the actors which is really important because without that I wouldn't be able to do it (laughs) and what are you looking forward to most over the coming weeks yes I mean I'm really really excited to see the play as it will be for the first time. So I'm really excited to see it run from start to finish. Uh, I'm really looking forward to when we get books down, so when we're starting to do it without the scripts, which is only a couple of weeks away now. No stress, don't worry about it. But it's, um, yeah, so I'm really excited to see the play as it will be on the stage without the scripts in their hands, because then we can really start to sort of play with the characterization and really explore how these characters interact in the space. So you've told the told Martin and Ben this evening that book's down in a couple of weeks. I'm going to come across to Ben and Martin now. Gents, introduce yourself and tell us what parts you're playing. My name's Ben Gander and I'm playing Ivan, who uh, is a lot of fun, a lot of hysterics. I get the chance to cry, to be punched. Um, so yeah, it's very much like being a dad, really. So yeah, looking forward to it. And Martin? Uh, yeah, I'm Martin Hogg. I'm playing Mark. Uh, basically, a world-weary cynic, which sort of suits me down to the ground, if I'm honest. So, Mark, I believe you're a relative newbie when it comes to acting. Yes, I've only ever appeared in two of the productions. One was The Canterbury Tales this year, and prior to that was Playhouse Creatures, about six years ago. And Jack has alluded to the fact that there's quite a lot of lines. How are you both getting on? Yeah, it's good. There's obviously a lot of lines, and I think the trick is, when you get a big monologue... You sit down one night, there's a cue for you, Martin, mm-hmm. and you grab a bottle of wine, or you like cheese, don't you? I do like wine and cheese, yeah, sit down, yeah. eat your wine and cheese, and go through it just on your own for two hours and just work it through like it's your own little creation. Mm. So that would be my little... Oh, thanks very much. Yeah, right. yeah. I'll try that. And Martin, what are, you ex- what are you most excited about in this play? 
I don't. It's something different. The first time I read it, it really made me laugh. And I've I've never seen Ellen Yu do this kind of comedy. It's usually been either Shakespearean or farce. Where this is a bit more intellectual, a bit more. I don't know. Well, we did God of Carnage. Oh, I think that's yeah. by her as well, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, we did that about five, six years much. ago. Oh, I was brilliant. Were you? Oh, good. <laughs> as, as usual, obviously. I was, I was just hilarious. It was yeah, great, yeah. but uh, yeah, good. And Ben, what are you looking forward to most of all over the coming weeks? Um, just expressing myself. So I haven't done this kind of play probably quite a while, so we probably got a carnage was the last one. Yeah, so I think with any kind of play, one of the most exciting things is to express and explore emotions you don't actually experience in everyday life. Like Ivan, my character is quite hysterical at times. And thankfully, I'm not like that. I'm just normal every day. I'm sure you guys will agree. I'm just a cool, very calm, laid-back individual. So to be able to kind of be a bit silly and just make an arse of myself, yeah, looking forward to that, yeah. Excellent. Good luck, lads. And Jack, when is the production on? Uh, So we're performing 30th of November, 1st of December and the 2nd of December at Strood Village Hall from 8pm. And where can people get their tickets from? Uh, so yeah, you can get them from the Line of Unicorn website, uh, which takes you to Ticket Source, or you can buy them from One Tree Books in uh, town in Petersburg. Jack, good luck, Ben, Martin, and we'll have a catch up nearer the time of the run. Thank you, Geoff. A couple of years ago, our next guest encouraged me to try some vegan food, and even a vegetable smoothie at her then restaurant Alchemy. Those who know me know this isn't my usual tipple. Well, she's still cooking, as Claire discovered when she went to meet Joe from Joe's Kitchen. I'm in the kitchen of Joe Hooper from Joe's Kitchen, and oh my goodness, does it smell delicious. Joe, thank you very much for inviting me to your home. You're absolutely welcome. It's lovely to have you here. Now, I'm chatting to you because a couple of weeks ago, you very kindly invited me to a pop up dinner at Gallery Number 30. It was all plant based food, a beautiful four course meal, absolutely delicious food. Now, we've talked before a number of years ago in the Peapod outside Alchemy, and you gave Joff a vegetable smoothie, (laughs) which I don't think he'd ever had before. (laughs) But it's great to see that you're back cooking again, doing something that you love. Can you tell us a bit more about Joe's Kitchen? So, yeah, Joe's Kitchen, I'm a private chef uh, specialising in plant-based food, and I've gone into private catering, retreat catering, so I can do private parties, weddings, love doing retreats. Recently, I've been working at the beautiful Dunford House in Midhurst. They're launching at the end of this year, beginning of next year, to do beautiful wellness retreats and weekends, and just launching my new supper club. So the first one, as you say, was gallery number 30 in Petersfield, and hoping to continue that a definite date for January for that but looking for some other venues to do supper clubs in Petersfield and I'm cooking a tagine right now to do a pop-up at what was Bunches and is now the 11th Street Grocer. Yeah it smells lovely. (laughs) I've come at lunchtime as well so my tummy's rumbling. That all your food is plant-based. Yes. Why is that? This is the way I've been eating for years. I've been vegetarian since I was 13 and obviously I know how it makes me feel so I originally started when I was really young I suppose for ethical reasons but now as I'm older and work with people with nutrition and weight loss and stuff like that um, and some of my own health issues and just needing to make big changes in my diet for my own health so that's yeah that's when I went from being vegetarian to 100% plant-based or vegan I just kind of avoid using that word avoid labels because In my experience, I think when we had alchemy, we really found that sometimes if you label, if you use the V word, it can make people feel a little bit excluded. It can make people feel a bit scared of it. 
So it's plant-based, you know what, it's just cutting the labels, it's just fuel. It's real food, whole food. Obviously you can end up being really unhealthy on a vegan diet if you live on the fake meats and eat highly processed food. For me, the most important thing that brings me so much joy is cooking real food for people that tastes amazing. It's really interesting because going to your supper club at Gary Number no. 30 a couple of weeks ago, to think of a four-course meal purely out of plant-based food, I think a lot of people would be stumped. I know I would be stumped to think about how I would put that together. You made it look so easy and taste so delicious. What would you say are the simplest things to use when putting together a plant-based meal? My favourite premise for healthy eating is maximum flavour, maximum nutrition. The little tips so I'm doing, for example, I'm doing a talk at Refill and Replenish in Peacefield on Thursday, and it's around the idea, I guess my signature, I'm always trying to find a better word, but is the sauces and the sprinkles, the stuff that you keep in your fridge, freezer and your cupboard all the time, which means that you could eat the most nutrient-dense foods in the world, so greens, dark leafy greens, every single day without ever getting bored. And with a little, you know, stick blender, nothing sophisticated, with raw ingredients, you don't have to slow cook, you don't, just a little kind of repertoire of ingredients. So with high protein, maximum nutrition, really nutrient-dense foods that take seconds to blitz, you can freeze them, you can put them in the fridge, they last for a week, and you can be steaming broccoli, steaming some kale, but making just that simple stuff taste incredible. So I have a repertoire of sauces, for example. I always keep tamari seeds, cashew parmesan. If you like spice, add spice, so like spicy nut crumbs. Everything is seed or nut-based where it comes to fats and oils, and it's just this simple way of cooking so that you can eat greens every single day and ways of getting into your kids as well and i get that from the g-bombs diet greens beans onions mushrooms berries and seeds which is taken from the blue zones principles of eating so it's the countries in the world where people live longest and it's taking the plant-based elements from those diets Possibly I've made it sound really complicated, but it is really... So that's why, for example, at this talk on Thursday, I'm just going to be demoing my favourite four sauces. Everyone's going to sit around and they're going to have some greens and some, some vegetables and some steamed potatoes. And then we're just going to use all these sauces and sprinkles to make it vibrant and colourful and beautiful and just so, so full of protein and nutrients and is really filling as well. It's not about vegan food. It's not about plant-based food. It's just about going back to real, fresh food. So you mentioned you've got a couple of events happening in Petersfield this week. Are you going to continue doing that, looking for more events and opportunities to talk and to showcase the type of food that you create? Yeah, I love doing talks and I love teaching because there's nothing that makes me happier apart from feeding people, is to show people how unbelievably easy it is to get feel-good food into you and your family. It should be accessible, it should be affordable and and creating this amazingly tasty dish for your whole family and then filling it with treats as well because you can also have incredible chocolate mousse with no refined sugar. So that's another huge leg and people more and more are wanting to know how do I strip out the refined sugar, how do I add beans into my child's smoothie? Honestly you can when they'll never know. I'm not saying you should slip it under the radar. So I think children should be really, really educated and know what's going on to their place. So what was the response to the first supper club that you held at Gallery Number no. 30? So we've, I've had lots of emails and we've um, already pre-sold out um, for the next one. So it's been absolutely joyous, the reaction. What's really lovely is I think there is a whole 
emerging audience for for whole food, for plant-based food of a kind of over 70s markets. We're living longer and we want to feel amazing. We don't want to live badly for longer. We want to live better for longer. And chronic illness, inflammation, chronic fatigue, arthritis, all of this, there's so many things that can be alleviated and possibly, dare I say it, controversially eliminated with fantastic diet. And I'm not telling anyone what to eat. I happen to eat a plant-based diet, but I'm not for a second saying anyone should be vegetarian or vegan. I just want people to not ever have to compromise no matter what their food choices are. Your passion really does show through, Joe. Dare I ask, is there going to be a Joe's Kitchen book coming out at all? Yes, I'm definitely working on it. And I think I've spent two years coming up with a concept that I think is really unique. So yes, what people always say is, I really want some recipes, but I also want to know exactly what to do and when to make it and where to buy it and how to store it and then how to avoid any waste and what to do with the leftovers. So yes, but I don't have a timeline for it yet. Oh, that will look forward to that, Joe. That's great to hear. It's lovely catching up with you again. Thank you very much. Best of luck with the pop-up suppers in the future. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And that's it for this week's Peapod. Thank you for joining us. Thanks also to all our guests this week, as well as to our editor, M. Sefton-Smith, and the whole Shine Radio team. So from Joff and I this week, bye. bye. You get it in the if you're running a local event, Shine Radio can help you get it noticed. Get it in the guide. Our local events guide includes events across Petersfield, Liss, Rogate, Eastmean, Clanfield and Harting. We broadcast them on Shine Radio and list them at shineradio.uk. And if you're part of a voluntary or non-profit organisation, your event can be in the guide absolutely free of charge. Get it in the guide. Just email team at shineradio.uk and we'll help you to get it in the guide. Because at Petersfield Shine Radio... You make it shine.